Cool. Hello. Welcome What's to up? Postmodem. Philip, you're back from the dead. Yes, yes, I had the flu and it was terrible. And Did you get your flu shot? No, I didn't. I tried. I fucking tried. I I went to the pharmacy and the guy was like, you know, honestly, I'm not gonna get to your flu shot for another two hours, so you may just want to leave. And I was like, You're you're literally doing nothing. And because that motherfucker I got the flu. What a dickhole. Should go and find him and punch him in the dick. Yeah. I should. That's what he deserves. Yeah. Yep. Vengeance is mine, saith the Philip. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna punch your cock off. Yes. Right in the baby maker. <laughs> please, please tell me you don't refer to your dick See, as the baby I, maker. I, uh, only in situations of passion. I'd have had, had, had I not been sick for the last week, I'd have had an Old Testament joke ready there, but I got nothing. <laughs> About to get biblical on some shit. <laughs> Philip, so of all the people I know, you have the most Old Testament jokes. It's, it's a core competence, competency of mine. Listeners at home, insert a, 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 a biblical joke about punching penises about 10 seconds ago. Alright. We, we can fix it in post. Mm. <laughs> no, we good, don't good. do that. I, we're, we're much more clever in post. <laughs> just, just record the joke and then send it to me and I'll splice it in. <laughs> <off one day. laughs> um... So what's on our minds? Rap is on my mind right now. Yeah, I, something, there, a, a video a video we all, I don't know if it was released right before this podcast was recorded, but certainly very, it, it, very early before. It entered into our consciousness about uh, half an hour before the, the, the show. The, it's, it's of Earl Sweatshirt performing three songs from the upcoming album, Doris. And uh, let's just say that we, we, we all had a kind of a freak out about it because it's so good. Yeah. And it, what really struck me is how good he got at, uh, got at performing. Yeah, absolutely. Because got, got just great stage presence up there. When he started, he was, you know, like, and poor guy like he comes back and auto future are already famous and touring and that's that's how they make their money they're doing the tour speaking of which i have tickets to the tyler the creator show in a couple weeks i'm very excited i'm thinking about getting tickets myself you should you should um uh we'll return to that in a bit but first uh earl um and he started out and you could tell that like he was fucking nervous like wouldn't you be nervous if you were 18 and you were dumped and you were expected by the music press to go out and do a killer performance when you had literally never performed. Like, I think he performed once with Odd Future. And then, bam, you're back yeah. in the mix and you're... And not, not, not only perform adequately, but perform like the, the wonderkind of Odd Future. Right, yeah. I mean, he, he, got, he got some serious hype. I mean, he was like lovely. That New York Times piece about him was like made him sound like the fucking like, like Jesus picked up a microphone and started dropping some rhymes and shit. Like. <laughs> yeah, dude. But now he's really good, and those tracks were just incredible. Yeah, I mean, the you can and you can hear the lyrics in the video pretty well, and it's yeah. He's just, I mean, the assonance is just absolutely out of this world. That's always been his uh, his forte. His his core competency. Yeah, his core competency. Assinating. <laughs> uh, yes. It's astounding. Oh. <laughs> um, 
And the production sounds incredible, and the yeah. production credits are pretty insane. Uh, Rizzo's on the album. Uh, Pharrell. Pharrell. Pharrell, yeah. And Tyler's all over it, obviously. Uh, I think, uh, did Flylo produce anything for it? I think he did. Wouldn't surprise me, since they've been working yeah. together. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the video was recorded at the Flylo show in L.A., I think, and... Uh, you know, Earl just kind of showed up and was like, yo, what I'm going to drop some, some new music on y'all. And people yeah, like lost uh, their shit. <laughs> and Earl was there uh, at the first uh, the Flying Lotus Captain Murphy concert. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really cool uh, professionally uh, cut, or at least professionally edited, version of Earl and uh, Flylo's performance there. Uh, we'll put it on the show shake. Um, but yeah. yeah. I it- oh, God. Super amped. I thought it was interesting. Uh, I didn't. I didn't expect to see uh, Matt, Mac Miller guesting on his album. Yeah, the, the, Mac Miller. Uh, they, they they fuck with Mac Miller, as they say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm not like a huge fan. I haven't really dived into his uh, catalog too much, but he reps Pittsburgh, so uh, you yeah. know, I'm ready for you. him. Yes, I do. I do do that thing. <laughs> Um, but no, you get you guys should get tickets to the the Tyler shows. I'm, yeah, I'm absolutely. Because you saw them on Fallon, right? Uh, like a long time ago when they did. Uh, I think it was like they did some some odd future track, and it was no, no, no. This is the recent shit. one. No, where, uh, okay, no. Oh shit, man! I thought I sent you right. this. Uh, Maybe it's the, you did, it's, but I ignored it. Um, oh, oh. I'm a uh, no, it, it's really good because it um he does two songs uh. And the second one is the the second song he does is the single he released, which is you know kind of a Tyler style uh, loud raucous rap. But the first one is this jazzy, funky ass, like crazy sort of quasi nerd Pharrell sounding piece. And it's got uh, the singer is this uh, lady I'd never heard of. She's the front person of a Danish band. She's got hmm. some serious pipes, and it just sounds crazy good, incredibly jazzy and funky, and he's playing keyboards on the thing. He doesn't sing at all. Oh, uh, nice. And it's really exciting, just, like, really coming through with uh, his talent, because when I, uh, when he came out with his last CD back in 2011, uh, it was an okay CD. It could have been stronger. Uh, but there was one track near the end which was just instrumental and him just doing this like kind of pretty techno thing and like that kind of grabbed my attention i was like wow he's got some like serious production chops and he could be really good so i'm really excited for his show ever since that tweet about him playing grand theft auto with adele i'm i'm wish i'm i'm hoping and praying for like it just an entire album of him and adele Yes, yes. That would be And then, sick. And then uh, like a two-hour so making of DVD. I know he's on the latest Miley Cyrus album. Together. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, he's didn't on he the Myers, about, like, Miley Cyrus. Didn't he rap about wanting to like rape her or something like that? Yes, like, yes, he yes. did. <laughs> yes. That's, that yes, makes you uncomfortable. It does. It is. It's problematic as hell. But apparently she didn't take it personally. I, I was uh, I, I watched I watched this interview with him today where he's talking to like this this DJ here in New York, and and this other girl and 
she he's like he's checking her out and he's and she's like oh I, I think I think I may be too old for you and and uh, she's like no no on second thought like yeah, how old are you he's like I'm twenty she's like oh oh that's not that bad he's like okay she's like you have to be old enough to buy me a drink though he's like suck a dick <laughs> <laughs> and then and then like they have this very bizarre conversation where they're just asking about all this shit in his songs and they're like what do you have against Bruno Mars he's like. Wait, what do you mean? Don't you just want to punch that guy? Like, <laughs> it's true. That other, sucks. That other video of Tyler that was came out recently where he was talking about uh, um, the the one on Hot ninety seven that you sent me. The, yeah, it was that was what I sent you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the, oh yeah, 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 yeah. About, about Puerto Ricans. Yeah, about Puerto Ricans. Oh yeah, we can't right. repeat that on this show. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's no, not no. But it, it was some it was some amusing racial humor from from, from, from Tyler. Racial humor. Tyler doesn't. Tyler says just the most like horribly problematic things like all the time. <laughs> he has no filter. The people on the show seemed to uh, react well to it. They were laughing. Yeah, they thought it was funny because it was funny. <laughs> yeah, the guy asking the question was like, "Ooh, muy inteligente." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> do you guys remember dats yes dude those were so cool dats all hanging out in like the band room <laughs> what was this dats dats we're talking we're, we're talking about breaking the fourth wall and oh. uh and how I had to grab my power cord because my computer was about to die oh that uh, okay that makes sense uh i said it in the chat guys did you press the b button to enter the chat so you did <laughs> I don't look at chat. I don't have time to read. <laughs> dats? What are dats? D- digital audio tapes, man. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know that shit. Yeah. That shit was tight. You remember mini disc? Yeah. I had a mini I had a mini disc player, and I was that guy who was super adamant that uh, flash uh, MP3 players were a, uh, a, a, were a scam? flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, mini uh, disc was gonna fucking take over. Uh, flash in the pan. Fingers. Whoa, oh, <laughs> hey. Yeah, like um, mini discs were like super big in Japan, so I knew a bunch of people at school who had them and like listened to like Japanese like pop and that on. Yeah, like, I had a mini disc player. I, I had like six or seven mini discs full of my '96 KBS <coughs> uh, quality music because turns out mini discs couldn't store shit. <laughs> and they were not yeah. particularly high density. I've, I've no. never seen a mini disc. Ever. Dude, they were pretty it, cool. It looks kind of like you know those little like uh uh like the little tapes, the micro cassettes. Yeah, remember those things? It kind of looks like that a little bit. Okay, like I remember I remember seeing the commercials for them, but in, yeah. in the, the cultural uh, backwater I lived in, uh, nobody nobody had a mini disc. I was like, holy shit, that that's not real. Like I thought it was like some kind of concept thing on in a commercial. <laughs> I was like, is that the future? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah no, I never, it wasn't. Never saw it one. was not the future. <laughs> it was decided it was it was an evolutionary dead end <laughs> but man i was so adamant about mini about mini discs being the future oh seventh grade patrick you were so wrong about so many things we should talk about jay jay electronica we should i'm angry about jay electronica is it because he hasn't dropped his fucking album yet yes for the li- listeners who don't know, Jay Electronica is a rapper from New Orleans who's, he's 36 at this yep, point, which 36. is pretty old for a rapper. And he used to be homeless, yeah. like in New York, and he's had just the weirdest life. 
And he recently made the news for having an affair with one of the Rothschilds. What? Yeah, yeah, yeah dude. Yeah. So he was married to Erica Badu or Badu. Yeah, yeah. He fathered uh, a child with Erica Badu. They were married. They were yeah, like straight up uh, married. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've been going out for five years and then they got married and then like. Uh, he fucked around with uh, Kate. Kate Rothschild. Yeah, she's a music producer. Yeah. And uh, broke up her marriage. She was also married. Um, and As one does. I don't know if, if uh, Jay and, and Erica got, got divorced, but uh, that's... Uh, that may, my theory is that that's why the album is delayed, because there's legal trouble. <laughs> God, if, I would never forgive him for that, because I've been it's waiting a, for his album for like two years now. Yeah, it was well. I mean, he said it was completed and turned into Rock Nation like last year. Literally last year. Yeah, it was like March sixth of last year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he's good. I was listening to some of his stuff uh, earlier today. It's very very talented. Yeah, he reminds me a lot of Nas in that he's he's very obviously an intellectual. Yeah, he's a he's a thinking man. Mm-hmm. We also got uh, the anniversary of Biggie's death. Yeah. Yeah. 16 years, man. Do you remember when Biggie died? Like, are you uh, like, cause, cause I don't no. remember when Tupac died, but I do remember like <laughs> watching MTV. I do remember watching MTV and like seeing shit about like Biggie dying. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. I don't remember. At all. I wasn't paying attention to rap at that point. I, I wasn't really paying attention, but like MTV was the coolest thing I had ever seen. I was, I was literally, like, MTV was the one channel we weren't allowed to watch. Oh, damn. Well, your parents are musicians, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't watch that, son. Like, it's... <laughs> like, they, they, they probably had their, th- that was probably the correct decision. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> yes. Nothing good came from it. It's true. It's not like you missed out on all of those episodes of Total Request Live. <laughs> oh, Jesus <Yeah>. Christ. <laughs> Dude. How do you know how much Total Request Live I watched? So much. Just, just wow. Like, I wonder. I wonder. I wonder what you would have turned out. How you would have turned out had you not watched that those many hours of Total Request Live? Probably twenty IQ points higher. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. No, it's you it's, are harsh on yourselves this evening. <laughs> man, there's nothing good. There's nothing good or glamorous about like '90s era MTV programming. No. We got, we got little bit Beavis and Butthead. Oh, yeah, okay. Beavis uh, and that, Butthead. That's a lie. Beavis and Butthead is brilliant. Wasn't, wasn't Blue Sub number uh, seven or whatever on MTV? What of what of what? Sub yeah, seven? You know, it was an anime thing from the... No. Uh, that, it, that, I think that was on MTV. It was on MTV, yeah. The guy who later... He went on to make that anime about Alexander the Great. We're in a singlet. Mm, not ringing any bells, dude. That was, on, that was on Cartoon Network. I don't know what the hell that was called. Yeah. There, there, there was some solid stuff in there. Like Dario was pretty funny. Dario was pretty good. Dario was a spinoff of Beavis and Butthead. Yeah. The Blue Beavis Submarine and Butthead number... is back, and it's still really funny. It was Blue Submarine number six, not number seven. And it was uh ah. Uh, Gonzo did the OVA for it. Yeah. All I'm thinking about is sandwiches now. That's what happens when you watch MTV as a child. <laughs> sandwiches? Like, what kind of sandwiches? Like, sub-sandwiches. I'm what not following. Su- what sub-sandwich like, did, you, did you get, Philip? What, what, what's your favorite? 
Meatball sandwich. Meatball sub. Hell yeah! Yeah! Damn. I think, we can, I think we can all agree on that. Yeah, the meatball that's the sub best is, one. It's a great invention. Yeah. Some people fuck with the BLT. I don't get that. I don't uh, get uh, the B... Uh, right, so I don't get the BLT because why doesn't it have the courage to call itself what it is? A bacon sandwich. Why has it got to have the lettuce and tomato in there? Yeah. Like they're, and it, like it, they're fucking... They're not stars. They're not stars on any other sandwich. Like, on every other sandwich, it's just a turkey sandwich or, or you know, a uh, chicken sandwich. Like, yeah. it's not like a chicken lettuce tomato it's, sandwich. It's Why not, is the it's, bacon so shy? It just stepped up into the spotlight. It's not fucking TLC. Like... Rip left eye. <laughs> Here, here's my theory on it. Like, bacon is a naturally dry meat. Like, it's dry. Inherently. Soggy bacon? It, get the fuck out of here. You want, you want, wait, wait, wait. Do you want crispy bacon or do you want, like, meaty bacon? You want you want bacon with a little bit of give, right? But you don't want right. your bacon the sec the same texture as turkey. No, no, no okay, no. no, no. But you don't. So, you definitely don't want like crispy ass bacon. People oh, yeah, get yeah, that yeah, all sure. the time, and I hate it. Like that shit sucks. But yeah. So when you think of a bacon sandwich, you think of of you know mod crispy to moderately crispy meat stuck between two pieces of bread. And that's just unappealing. That just sounds like an agonizing slog. Whereas if you add the lettuce and tomato. It brings to mind images of moisture. Uh, <laughs> and it just becomes suddenly more appealing. So, And you don't have to qualify that shit when you say turkey sandwich, because turkey is like a turkey's naturally... moist. It's moist. Yeah, it's moist, naturally. There are a lot of people cringing at this segment of the podcast right now. Moist. <laughs> moist. A, a, lot of, a lot of people are having images of moist. Gotta go to the bathroom now. Uh. I've got the vapors. <laughs> Man, why don't people get them vapors anymore? I don't. What is that? I don't it was, even know it what was that is. It was it was limited to like white aristocrats, like Victorian. In the South. Era. Is that like yeah. is that like you're like your fucking undergarments are too tight and so you're like gonna faint? Is that what it's, that is? It's something people use to get themselves out of a room before they said something like too racist, even for that time. Period. <laughs> <laughs> or it was like the thing you got when people talked about like. Something close to the genitals, like the upper thigh. <laughs> exactly. Like you talk about you thighs ankle, too much. The ankle. Yeah, ankles, man. <laughs> yeah, like somebody got too titillated. Like it's like, excuse me, I've got the vapors. So it's Victorian for I gotta go jerk off now in the bathroom. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and that works in all cases because because racism also got them quite hot, and they wanted to go to the bathroom. <laughs> The white man's burden. Uh, <laughs> quotation marks around the burden. Hey, finger guns. It seems like that would be a convenient excuse now. It's like I can't go to school. I got the vapor. <laughs> it sounds like you're like that. You've been like huffing, like they would do whippets or yeah, something like that. Oh it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got it's the a very, the principal very calls way to say I have blue balls. Like. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, the Victorians didn't have whippets, so you know they didn't Sorry. have to deal with. Sorry, teach. I'm gonna stay home and masturbate all day. I got the vapors. <laughs> <laughs> my parents check my bed in the morning. I gotta do it during the day. <laughs> Call back. Nice. Oh man. Uh. Yeah, this went kind of to a weird place. You got you guys. Oh, yeah. You guys want to talk about code folding now? Yes, cold, yes. Cold folding? Cold folding. 
Code folding? Code folding. folding. I was Code folding. <laughs> Give us some background, P. I was really, I was really uh, surprised. I, I tweeted yesterday. I was like, I was just like, I was idly, you know, I was doing uh, my my work, and I was looking at my my text editor. I was like, who the fuck uses this shit? After after clicking the goddamn cold fo- code fold, god damn it, cold code folding ribbon for the umpteenth time, and and it closes up some shit I'm looking at. I'm like, where the fuck the code go? And I'm like, who actually uses this? Like, goddamn you, Alan Ogard, you son of a bitch. Let's let, let, let's 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 step back a sec and explain what code folding is. Code for who may, folding. Code folding is for listeners who may not know the co code folding. <laughs> it's um basically the idea is that and when you're writing code, you have often sort of hierarchically structured things. Like you might have uh, if statement. That protects a section of code, only gets executed if in a certain condition. Code folding allows you to collapse that whole thing down into one line, so you don't have to. Same with you know different functions, other you know any sort of hierarchical level in your code, you can kind of collapse and navigate like an outline. Um, Cool in theory, fucking useless in practice. Turns out. Exactly. Like I, I got all these, I got a bunch of responses that were like, "What the fuck's that?" I turned that off a long time ago. Or, huh. No, I've, I've only ever used it by accident or in shame, or when doing a fucking Rails demo or some shit. Like, oh, and- well, because that was one of the when when TextBank came out. That was like in that fucking ten minute video, the video totally. that launched a, the video that launched a thousand scaffolding. Yeah. Um, like he's like, oh, snippets and cold folding and. <laughs> I apologize. I like your DH. Everybody with an accent. I like your DHH impression. Yeah, it works. It works. DHH you should just do the rest of the show. Not a friend like of that. the show, so do the rest of the show like that. I don't apologize to him though. That guy sucks. Yeah, um, it's I cool. He, do, he'll drive away in his race car. I do use code co- folding. It's so hard to say. Oh, horseshit. Code folding. I do use code folding on occasion when I'm doing like whole file refactoring. And, like, I need to go through, like, line by line or s- function by function or chunk by chunk. And I'll fold the stuff I haven't uh, – I'll fold the stuff I have done. Okay. Uh, That's because I need to That's... do – because, like, in a big – especially in a big-ass, you know, like, thousands of lines file uh, – that's when I think it can become really useful when you have a shit ton of stuff and literally the less you look at, the more productive you are. But that's, yeah. I think, a rare occurrence. I, I did use it occasionally when I was working on in a file that was 10,000 lines long regularly, mm-hmm. working on a web browser. Yeah, I, so friend, friend, friend of the show Steve Holt mentioned that he, he uses it as well because he finds extraneous code distracting. And he, mm-hmm. Steve is also dyslexic. I'm not sure if that's related, but... Yeah, he has a really, really interesting blog entry. We'll link to it. Oh, yeah. Shay. We'll link to it about what it's like to be a programmer with dyslexia. Which is hugely... Yeah, we got to get him on the show, man. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah, to We got to do this. We need to have some guests. Yeah. We should. Yeah, mix and it this up. this can't just yeah. be the Patrick, Philip, and Colin show. Although, I mean, it can. technically is. It, it is. It can't be that let's, let's, let's not say it. Let's, not, let's back away from saying it can't. Slowly. Let's say yeah. let's say that we don't want it to be. Yes. Okay. How about yeah, there, that? There you go. There you go. We would like to incorporate other viewpoints, other 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 voices. Yes. Yeah. But, but it's we'll, super interesting blog entry uh, about what it's like to struggle with that. 
and to sling code for a living, you know? Sling code, yeah. Whatever, shut up. Don't mock <laughs> no, it's, me. No, I'm not. I, I think it's cool sounding. I'm not mocking it, you. Uh, reminds me of, uh, there, there was that uh, 37 Signals video that was on the Apple website at one point, and it was like, and uh. DHH is like, it is my favorite thing when I'm cutting code. And, <laughs> and, and back then, I, I, you know, I was like, "Oh, that's that's a guy." But now I'm like, "Of course you'd say cutting code. Like fucking pr- programming wasn't cool enough for you, was it?" Like, yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, nobody ever, nobody ever fucked a supermodel by going, "Hi, I'm programming." Yeah. Speaking speaking of speaking of clown shoes, speaking of clown shoes, <laughs> we got we got some major we got some size fourteen clown yeah. shoes from Facebook. Yes, the clowns week. have no shoes. <laughs> They're all at Facebook. Yes. Facebook. Facebook it's they, they all fell off the back of the truck and they're at the Facebook offices I, now. I f- we should have like a morning zoo sound effect of like clown horns. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> clown shoes alert. No, I, now, now I'm just hearing the Swift shot beat. <laughs> oh dear, yeah, that that happened to me. It's infectious. It's it, some it, Timbaland it, shit. You nailed it, Philip. When we were yeah. in New York, you said it was some Timbaland shit. And it's totally that song is evidence that like producing matters when you're making a hit song because yeah, that song would not have gotten anywhere it is. And I like the song. It's not my favorite song in the world, but I like it. That beat, though, oh my god, yeah, that beat. It would be and good that, if someone. Hook. It would be someone of good. It would be good if someone rapped over it. That's just my opinion. <laughs> Did you guys know that there's a kids' bop version of that song? That of course. No, is, what? And when the first line is "What up? I got a big cock." <laughs> what? I woke up into the club like a "What up? I got I, they, a big I cock." I forget what they changed it to, but it is not cock. <laughs> You can't Block. have the Kid Bop singers. Wouldn't that be amazing, though, if you had the Kid Bop singers sing uncensored versions of songs? Like, they oh, just man. straight up said the N-word, like, all over the place, too? Oh, like, yeah, dude. I'm, I'm getting the vapors. <laughs> a bunch I know. Of, just imagine a bunch of white seven-year-olds singing along with this, just shouting the N-word as uh, loud as they there's, possibly there's can. There's nothing funnier than children cursing. It's, it's hilarious. <laughs> it's inherently hilarious. Someone I know said that one of the hardest things... In her parenting experience was not to crack up when her like five-year-old started like dropping things and said oh shit oh shit oh shit oh shit <laughs> because that's hilarious because she didn't want to draw attention to it because then you, know, like, you get the cycle of, course, of yeah. like, rewards right then the kid's like oh mommy reacted to that yeah we'll yeah, all yeah. say oh shit all the time now exactly because and, and then you know because when you tell a kid not to do something they do it Right, because they're kids, and I, I think that leads right back into uh, our, our story about Facebook: kids doing things you told them not to do. Oh, oh my god. god! Okay, who who wants who wants to give the rundown on this? I'll give the rundown. Nerd alert! Okay. Nerd. Is, yeah. Whoop whoop whoop! Yes. Whoop. <laughs> uh, so Facebook published the Facebook Android team recently published an extraordinarily self congratulatory blog post about how they got Facebook for, for Android to run on, like, the 2. Nexus 2. QX. 2. No, it was the, the Galaxy S2. Yeah, like, whatever. <laughs> Some Android shit. Like, I, no, I don't fucking know, man. Uh, 
some absurdly backwards ass phone, some absurdly ba- backwards ass uh, version of Android. And the upshot of this was that they have so many methods that when when their program is compiled, they have so many methods that the symbol table won't fit in the five megabyte buffer that Android sets out. And future versions of Android beyond 2.2 bumped up this limit to like eight megabytes or 10 megabytes or whatever. So rather than like refactor their program or perhaps cut out a certain functionality for, for when for like the twelve people running Android two point two on no dude like, that's like the most popular version really? of Android and so, and the Galaxy yeah. S two is the best selling Android phone. Are you shitting me, man? No, like, I'm is, completely oh, serious. Oh, damn it! It's, it's uh, clown, right. clown shoes all the way down, Patrick. Yeah, dude, this uh, is literally built upon a pyramid of clown shoes, and they are standing at the top, banging them together, saying, "Look at us." Okay, I amend my statement. So they did need <laughs> to do this. <laughs> But they didn't need to do their solution, which was... I, wait, wait, wait. Before we get into that, I have one quick sidebar. Apparently, uh, one of the main reasons that a lot of people have problems with method overflows in uh, like that in Android apps is because the protobufs, um, like SDK, that Google ships, generates code. And it generates, like, tens of thousands of methods. <laughs> oh, yeah. Proto- protobufs do do that. Yes, yeah, and so that uh, friend of the show, Scott Perry, was was telling me about that, and I don't know if the Facebook app is using Protobuf, but it seems like they would use Thrift because they didn't they invent Thrift. I, Facebook, they yeah. they did. Didn't didn't Facebook also abandon Thrift? <laughs> really? <laughs> it wouldn't be the first time Facebook has invented a technology and then promptly abandoned it. But anyway, <laughs> okay, we're getting off into the weeds here. Go back yeah. into the the real story. Go back to the what they did. <laughs> so they combed through the source and they're like, what would happen if at runtime we found the address of this simple table and dynamically extended it to an arbitrary length and then just fucking just went ahead with it. And then they did this. They they wrote code that searches that uh there's a lovely sentence. As a last resort, we found some mostly safe code to scan the entire process heap and look for the address of the simple table. Pro tip, when you're writing shit that scans heaps, it's not safe, you dinguses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And so then they did this. and And it actually, to their credit, this is a pretty crazy hack. To their credit, it worked. But... Not only is this terrible, horrible, awful, evil, disgusting, repugnant, and uh, generally delinquent to the morals of youths um, across America, <laughs> then you publish, then you publish a self-congratulatory blog post. Really? Yeah. It's not just self-congratulatory. Extremely poorly written. Like, <laughs> like written at maybe an eighth-grade level. Like this was not a blog post that was written well. It was not something that was. And it did, didn't appear to go through any sort of like, you know, content strategy process or editing or anything like that. And I know Facebook has a number of talented content people who work there. This definitely didn't go through any of them because it was written like a fucking eighth grader. Like, one of the, one, when they were describing the S2, they were like, 
Android. Like, they like, just had, like, literally have like three lines, each ending with dot, dot, dot for emphasis. Like, yeah. what? What? <laughs> That's a big check minus right there. Like, Jesus. Like... I, I, there, there's there's a larger issue here that's been bothering me, and, and it's it's uh, that every every company that has an engineering blog, fuck engineering blogs, period. Any company you have a fucking engineering blog, all you're doing is fucking jerking yourself off. Like Facebook, yep. GitHub, Square, all these fucking companies just publishing blog posts that are like, hey, look, we released an open source library. It's gonna fucking cure cancer. Like, and I have friends that work at all these companies. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Engineering blogs, dumb as hell. They're like, they're just the ultimate fucking wank. It's not about sharing knowledge. It's like, hey, here's a thing. You should all fucking use it. Like, yep, yep. It would be one thing if they were posting about stuff that they get like rather than like, hey, we released this thing, but like, hey, here's a like bite sized piece of information like that we learned. Like, hey, we were doing X, and then uh, we think this is this is kind of cool. It's not. It's about like, yeah. hey, I check mean, us out. We're kind of we're 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 the baddest motherfuckers in this town. Like, right? I'm it, not it's, ready it's, to come down. I'm it's sorry, the self. Gone. It's the it's the self congratulation that upsets me. Like, if it's like, exactly. hey, here's the thing. We learned this thing. Maybe you'll find it useful. But it's usually like, look how amazing we are. Our dicks are huge. Like, yep. Yeah, I'm not ready to condemn all engineering blogs. Like, I'm thinking of a thing on the GitHub blog uh, that I read recently about um, MySQL lock contention. That was that uh, was a great post uh yeah by friend of the show uh ted nyman i don't know if he's friend of the show he's a pretty good guy yeah he's a uh, friend of the show why not i mean yeah, yeah, yeah. All, i just don't think he ted. knows we exist he's, that's he, fine that, but he knows all of us individually so that makes him awesome. a friend of the show yeah, yeah. He's, he's definitely like, a friend of the show <laughs> i mean i know um, he knows who i am i know he knows who you are patrick uh i think he so he published Phillip. just a really interesting and it wasn't self-congratulatory at all it was just like uh hey like check well, this weird shit out and well, hey cause... check out this weird shit i did to fix it and look at how fast all my shit is now bye what? that's because ted is a, is a good guy and not the problem is is that you get people on these blogs who are who aren't humble and they're, they're on the blog the blog to brag bag to blog the blog to brag and they're uh and that's just dumb. Anytime someone's gonna brag, it's gonna come across as self-congratulatory and awful. Like, if it's like, oh hey, like I'm giving you, you know, information like in, you know, like not necessarily clinically, but like in in a, in a method where you're not expecting someone to like praise you, right? Like, there's you know, what I mean? the, the difference yeah. is that there's there's knowledge sharing, and then there's like, hey, check this out. Sits back and waits for the like, you know. Yeah, yahoos Hold, and like like holds for good applause. Show. Yeah, exactly. Like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. exactly. All, all of these blogs just have a fucking animated gif at the top, it's just <laughs> flashing applause. <laughs> on the, on the I'm gonna I'm gonna make a Chrome extension that does that. <laughs> Amazing. Just searches for engineering dot stop dot dot star <laughs> dot com. It just looks for engineering blog in the page source, like near the top, like in a title or whatever, like, and then just puts it in there. I approve. I approve. Yep. Uh, do you approve of the Metal Gear game, Patrick? Yeah, I picked it up. <laughs> oh, uh, transition! Look at that! Transition. Wow. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, have you guys picked it up yet? Nope. No, I, I, I intend to though. I, I've actually been playing through Metal Gear Solid Three again. But... Good. Good on you. Yeah, I approve I'm, in the most playing, highly possible. I'm playing through Metal Gear Solid One, which I never actually finished. And I'm stuck in that fucking tower. When you have to run up to get across the bridge, and it's just mm -hmm. like you have to run up exactly the stairs forever and ever and ever. I keep yep. dying. 
I just don't appear to have enough ammunition for the freaking uh, assault rifle to, to mow down the like hundreds of dudes that come after you. <laughs> so so Patrick Patrick got uh, Metal Gear Rising, which which just yes. came out and then Metal Gear Rising Revengeance. <laughs> Wait, that's the real what? That's yes. the real title, yes. dude. Revengeance. Why does it have two subtitle things? <laughs> no 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 no. It's like no no no. The, the Rising plate takes the place of the solid. It's Metal Gear Rising, not Metal Gear Solid Rising. It's Metal Gear Rising, then the subtitle is Revengeance. Like Metal Gear Solid 3, Snake Eater. Exactly, but but there was, there was Metal Gear, then there was Metal Gear Solid Snake, then there was Metal Gear Solid. Solid kind of felt like it was tacked on as like a, a, a an extra an extra title. It's, uh... Kojima, he's always played fast and loose with, like... <laughs> with everything. <laughs> With words, he's so, a slippery, slippery guy. He's he 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 is definitely sort of a, has a reptilian sort of look to him. Like, yeah, man, does, he looks like he? a weirdo. He, his his whole his whole mean is very his countenance is, is just <laughs> lizard like. I was thinking about making a Metal Gear Solid uh, bingo chart, uh, <laughs> because every Metal Gear Solid game has these same tropes. Like one square would be like <laughs> disturbing op- objectification of women. <laughs> like yeah. another square would be like the coolest shit you've ever seen. Yeah. Third square would be the dumbest dialogue you've ever heard in your life. Like four squ- yeah. square four would be like fifteen minutes talking about a single gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Gr- 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 gratuitous scene of somebody pissing themselves. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. God, I don't know why he does that every game. It's just the weirdest fucking thing. All the, and all like the disturbing animal shit that he has in there is always like. Everyone's always animal this, animal that. Yes. Like, yes. A group of themed bad guys is. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and the same. It's always the same set of animals. It's like he only knows about like maybe twelve animals, and he just picks maybe eight <laughs> of them from that pool, can, and that those are the ones he uses. Can I propose a theory? I think I think Hideo Kojima is part of the same race of aliens that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch belongs to. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yes, he is. That's why he only knows 12 animals. Yeah, yeah. Their so, instruction manual on the UFO only covered 12 species of the genus. The rest of the pages were ripped out. They were used because <laughs> someone had the, uh, they had the vapors. Yes. <laughs> Honey, I have the vapors! Rip, 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 rip. Wink, 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 wink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, I had the vapors, and now it's everywhere. Benedict, <laughs> I needed those. God damn it, I'm going down early. <laughs> going down. Oh, hey. Um, so what do you think of the game? Risque edition. It's really good. Uh, it's not a Metal Gear Solid game at all. In okay. that there are no stealth elements Ooh. at all. But that's okay. Because it's made by Diamond Games, who made uh, Bayonetta... Uh, Platinum Games, uh, who made Bayonetta and Devil May Cry... Okay. Nice. All right. All right. So it is in that it's in that vein of frenetic, fast action games, uh, with the most insane cutscenes you will just like. I, I, I'm not providing I'm not providing spoilers here when I say in the first mission, you kill a Metal Gear with a sword. Yeah. Yes, and it only gets yeah. more ludicrous from there. Yeah. Yeah, I like you, this. You you dictated a text to me uh, that said, uh, "I hope you like ripping people's spines out." 
Yeah, yeah, because you do that a lot. In order to gain your health back, you have to chop a dude in half, grab his spine, and crush it so as to absorb the electrolytes. <laughs> Spine's got electrolytes. What, this is, is it, how science works. You know how, <laughs> isn't, like, because the Metal Gear Solid, like, the little, like, like, I don't even know what we would call it, but it's, like, it's like a tagline, I guess. It's like tactical espionage action. Isn't the one for for Rising, like, something lightning something something yeah it's something sweet it's it's totally yeah, it, baller it's it it's sounds like, badass it's like lightning something it's like frenetic Sorry. lightning action or like dick punching lightning action <laughs> it's really good anyway i'm I, i'm stuck on the last boss because it's a hard game it's fucking hard like I, i'm i'm good lightning at bolt action. I play a lot of yes lightning bolt action yeah. So uh, and and this this game stars uh, uh, Jack Jack Ryden, uh, who, yes. who who premiered in Metal Gear Solid Two and was just generally kind of uh, a whiny piece of shit. Uh, he and was then redeemed but... himself in four, and then went on to amazing heights. There has never been a character in video games that redeemed himself so profoundly as Ryden, because like you like... hate him in MGS Two, and then in four he's cool. And now in Rising, like he just, he just ruins everybody. I want, I want to talk about that because I, I want to defend Metal Gear Solid Two and Raiden in that game. Uh, I feel like his please proceed, way, Governor. The way he is in that game is essential to the way the story is told. Like he has to be a whiny jerk because he's a contrast to the coolness and the way the the, the countenance of Snake. Who you you know you see in 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 the rest of the game, and he you know he accompanies you and all that stuff. So if he was just like Snake, it would be boring as hell because you just have two snakes. And that's that's not interesting. That but is the yeah. plot of Metal Gear Solid: The Twin Snakes. <laughs> uh, no, no, no. There, there are already three snakes in that game. So yeah, there, there's so many right. snakes. Yeah, so I feel like having he has to be different, and also, also. For you to really like go along with the plot of the game, with the twist and everything that happens, like I think you kind of do have to like. He does have to sound immature, and you kind of have to like wonder if he's getting played. Otherwise, it would be out of nowhere, right? Like if he seemed cool and like normal, like you wouldn't wonder is this guy like for real? Like what's going on with this? Because like otherwise, it would just be literally out of left field when shit happens at the end can, no can i agree talk? with you uh, go on, go uh on, on all points colin uh he's still a whiny it, asshole but like yeah there's there's a reason, reason. it's intentional it but now it's, in this game he's an unkillable badass limb losing motherfucker and it's a it's, it's it is a really hard game and I, like I'm, I'm i'm good at video games i beat dark souls like <laughs> uh, I, i'm I, never I, gonna I, forgive you for having me buy that game you need to man up, man. Like, cowboy <laughs> up, Philip. I'm sorry, Damn. dude. I'm laying it down here. That's, that's... It's hard, but it's but you can do it. I believe in you. Uh, I just want to beat the first game, man. Like, Yeah, Demon Souls is even worse, man. No, 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 no. Before... I mean, the first Metal Gear. Solid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, uh, <laughs> Back on the subject of Metal Gear Solid, can we talk about Solidus Snake for a second? What, the, what was that guy's... What was that guy's bag? Like, does anybody even give a shit about that guy anymore? Like, he was no, instantly forgettable for me. No, but he was a president. Yeah, he was a president. I know. <laughs> for like, some reason. That fucking blue... I was like, come on! Like... <laughs> I his, thought that was his cool. Name, his name is fucking ridiculous. I'm like... Solidus? That sounds dope, I think. You know what Solidus means, though? It's the division sign. 
Yeah, it's the typographical symbol for a slash. So it's solid slash liquid. Solidus, uh, no, solid, solidus liquid. I, I, I know, that's not that clever. It's so cool, come on! No, man, it's dope. And those fucking arms, those Doc Ock arms that he's got, that's awesome. That was like, cool. And that scene where he's like fucking like takes down that jet that right that uh, Ryan is in and stuff like that, like you know. No, no, oh my god, that that was one of the funniest things I've ever seen when he has when he flips the tentacle arms under his armpits and starts yep. using them as guns. Like, yeah, that for some reason that seemed vaguely sexual to me. <laughs> <laughs> Not only did I laugh and have fits, I also became a bit vaporous. <laughs> you sublimated. <laughs> you know at the end of metal gear solid 2 they were like there's a big like, no spoilers for our listeners who haven't played it but there's a big destruction scene a big uh ship crashes into a building in new york they were going to have them crash into i don't believe it was the twin towers but i believe it was somewhere like right next to the twin towers yeah yeah it was like then, downtown in the financial district I yeah mean, they, yeah it was it, it, it did crash there. I mean, Solidus landed on uh, the Washington statue there. Yeah, uh, Federal Hall. Like, that's, that's, that's downtown where the Twin Towers are. Yeah, but they, th- th- then they had to take... Surprise of surprise, they had to take a lot of the destruction scenes out. <laughs> because the game came out in 2002? Yes, yes it did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, people in the U.S. Are a little, were a little bit, and maybe still are, sensitive about New York being destroyed. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I mean, Cloverfield came out. Like. What What was in the air that year that everybody was like, I'm going to have a destruction scene in New York? Like, fucking everything. I think it's actually just pretty common, but like, I mean... Yeah, I think we just, just became seemed, aware of it. Yeah, I think it's just something that we became aware of. Like, think about all the other movies that have, like, shit blowing up in New York. Home Alone 2. <laughs> yeah. Who can forget the, the <laughs> thrilling... High-octane thrills and chills in, in the Home Alone 2 Lost yeah, in dude. New York. When, when Duncan's toy chest blew up? Goddamn. Yeah, that man. abandoned I building think... going down that fucking, like, slide thing? Like, I wanted to do that. I cried. <laughs> when he, yeah, he's lost in the park and then he meets his mom again? Like, that's very sad. Like, I, I, I don't think I ever saw uh, Home Alone 2. It's I saw good. Home Alone 3. But Home Alone 2 is good. Like, I, people hate on it for some reason. I don't no, Home why. Alone 2 was dope. Yeah, people hate on it. Who's it's fire? Whose smoke alarm is going off? By the way, it's it's mine. I'm sorry, I gotta get that. <laughs> uh, but Home, Home Alone Two is worth watching just because of a sublime performance by Tim Curry as oh yeah, as absolutely. The, the Bellman. You have the my concierge. Attention. The concierge. Yeah, the concierge. He, he's yeah. he's he's fucking amazing. He's stolen credit card. He's, yeah, stolen credit card. Yeah, basically Macaulay Culkin fucks with him, and then he, he spends the rest of the movie just trying to track him down and like capture him make some sort of citizen's arrest or something like that and then like just of course because it's you know kevin McAllister gets completely wrecked um <laughs> he just gets his shit ruined like there's no <laughs> there's no real other way to put it um but yeah tim curry is great in that movie yeah dude i love tim curry are you guys rocky horror pic- picture show people no not yes. especially uh, I'm uh, uh, I'm a fan. I like uh, I like I think, that. I think it's good. Like I don't discount it. But, it's just I'm not. But like, like going. I I mean, and not by not by fans of the movie. I mean, fans of going out to, a, to right. a sh- to the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I picked up what you were putting down, and, and the answer is no. Okay. No. No. Uh, I I I like it. It's I I'm I'm a big fan of that kind of mocking 
uh, it's sort of Gen X in a way, which I can it can be tiresome if taken to excess. But I find that when a whole group of people are watching a movie that isn't particularly good and they're all making fun of it and they're all having a good time, that, uh, that that's fun for me. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm totally... It's just it's not something that I personally have done or do. It's not I don't have a mm-hmm. problem with. Yeah, I, yeah, I've been to I've been to a few uh, Rocky Horrors and uh, I, I've enjoyed it. I, I actually actually I, I I had the flu recently and I, I had a chance to watch a lot of uh, films, and uh, there was there was one movie I watched where it, Rocky Horror uh, figured prominently into in, 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 prominently into the plot. It was uh, I, there was a book. It's popular with the kids. Uh, have y'all heard of the Perks of Being a Wallflower? Yeah, dude, I yes. love that book. I, I I never read the book. Oh like, my uh, god, it's great! I read it, it when it was, I was a teenager. And it was because the, the people that recommended it to me, I was like, I I don't like you. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to just. I don't want to take recommendations from you. But uh, hopefully, watch, you listen I, to the show. Yeah, and if, if you are listening, <laughs> I, I still don't like you. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't read the book. I watched the film. Uh, and the film was actually pretty good. Apparently adapted and directed by the author himself, and it was pretty oh, goddamn nice. good. Like I thought yeah. it was like you know it's uh, it, it earns it earns all of its uh, emotional moments and uh, it's pretty well acted. I, I recommend checking it out. The soundtrack's pretty good, right? I'm a fan of the books. So, yes, uh... yes. Emma Watson uh, plays uh, the character Sam in the movie of Harry Potter fame. Mm-hmm. The book, I think. I liked it very much on my first read, and I liked it a little less on subsequent reads. I don't think I read it more than once. Now, uh, now is, it's is somewhat the book, overwrought. Is is the book structured as just a series of letters? I, I got that mm-hmm. impression from mm-hmm. the book, from the movie. Mm-hmm. The, ad, yeah. the, ad, the adaptation kind of, uh, I guess, in in kind of a clever way, alludes to that, but it, it's not really the central storytelling mechanism. Yeah. yeah. I, I liked that because uh, I really liked that book, Dear Mr. Henshaw. Remember those books? Never seen, never no. read them. Oh, man. They're, uh, I think um, I think it's Beverly Cleary. Cleary? I remember Beverly, Beverly Cleary books, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a Beverly Cleary novel, and they have, there's, a, there's a few sequels to them. And they're, they're also structured. They're, they're also epistolary novels, so. I really, it won a Newbery Award. Huh. Um, yeah, I like I like the book, but like, cause cause it deals with real shit, and it deals it, it it captures well the time where you're in your adolescence, where you're able to feel like real deep emotions. You know, when you've started yeah. to grow up and you've started to like grasp the complexities and uh, sorrows of the world, but you're not quite articulate enough to express them. In yeah. you know adult language, and it captures yeah. that uh, that disconnect rather well. Yeah. But there are scenes that I find a little bit cheesy, and when they're like, and then <laughs> we listen to the Smiths, and I'm like, uh, no, 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 you didn't listen to the Smiths. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I, that, yeah. that felt like a you know check in the box in <laughs> in the in the the rubric of like indie media. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like we we can can we somehow crassly shoehorn Morrissey into this? Check. Yeah, bunch of ladies. This is, this is key. This is key in our three pronged approach to give fourteen year old girls the vapors. Ooh. This is five hundred days of summer syndrome. Oh <laughs> exactly. my god. Oh. Okay. You know what? 
a lot a lot of people uh, a lot of people hated that movie. I actually really enjoyed it. Oh no, I'm not. I don't think it's a bad movie. No. Well, I was cringing at all the people who love the hell out of that movie and listed as one of their all-time favorite films. Well, okay. Which which you see on 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 this dating website you may have heard of OkCupid. Okay, uh, is is that is that like uh, DoubleDate.com? Is that uh, like ChristianMingle.com? It's, it's a competitor. It's a competitor. To, it's a competitor to our startup DoubleDate.com. And Christian Mingle, you got to watch out for Christian Mingle, man. Christian singles on Christian Mingle. Christian singles in your area. I know they <laughs> really want to meet me. I don't know why. <laughs> I, I'm not very appealing. Um. Shit, what were we talking about? Uh, I don't know. Five hundred days talk- of summer. Five hundred days of summer. Yeah. Uh, I, it's. I, I don't think it's a bad movie, and I think it can even be a good movie if you approach it from the right ways. Like Joseph Joseph Gordon Levitt has some interesting things to say about it. In that, this like, is what I was going to say, but please continue. No, no, no. You probably are more articulate about this than me, so you go on. Uh, that wasn't me telling you to shut up. I really meant for you to continue, but I'll, I, oh. I will pick it up. Um. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, I was being serious. Like it's no, been I, a long time since I've seen the movie, and I only th- vaguely reg- rem- and, remember what he said. So. And I think I think this is part of what Colin, this this is this is a symptom of what Colin's talking about about people being like, oh, it's my favorite movie ever. Like, because um, there was a lot of backlash to that. Because I think there are a lot of people. Uh, uh, you know, I, no, I'm not gonna. He- I was gonna say I hesitate to call them, but I, I'm not. I'm not going to hesitate. Uh, they're emotionally immature people. Yeah. Um, and and you know they. They viewed the movie as being uh, a little a little too empathetic to Joseph Gordon Levitt's character. They they don't get they don't get that they wrote him wrong. He's he's wrong, like right. in the movie. Like he's being an an immature asshole. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that was yes. what Joseph Gordon Levitt said. The point of the said. movie was. Yeah, that's what he said in the interview. He's like, no, like the point is, like he put all this pressure on girls to like save his life and like be this perfect thing for him and that's like a really immature thing to do right and that's and, what and, that's what makes the movie good is that it does have that in the narrative yeah like it's that it's a that's part of the honesty of the movie in its portrayal of relationships that sour of the manic pixie dream girl syndrome yeah exactly. that's the thing is is the, like you've got a flawed and i think it's is it perhaps indicative of like some subtle misogyny that people like picked up on Zooey Deschanel's character being very flawed and kind of one-dimensional and be like, oh, look, here, all your problems are just fictitious, I'm precious. Uh, <laughs> and didn't realize that Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character is just as flawed and, like, douchey, in a way. I don't know. I, I, I won't make that call. Right, I mean... Accusation, th- but... Uh, be- and, and, it, and it makes sense, because, like, and, uh, but that, that, was, that was what originally set me off on this when I, I originally articulated this, was somebody was like, oh, it's just another Manic Pixie Dream Girl movie. I'm like... No, like they're kind it's of not skewering just that. that idea. Like yep. you see her as the manic pixie dream girl because it tells it. The, the movie is from Joseph Gordon-Levitt's perspective. He only sees her as this superficial like savior. Right. She's gonna. My life is boring, and this interesting person is gonna come into it and make it interesting again, and I won't have to do any work. Exactly. It's the male gaze in action. You don't even realize that the character from which the movie's portrayals take, takes place is flawed and thus yeah. the story. Yeah. Yeah. And also how can you just, how can you hate a movie where that one moment where he looks in the car window and he's Han Solo? That's genius. <laughs> I know. I think that when I look in the mirror on a, on a good day, I'm like, I look like fucking Han Solo. 
Yeah. Also, to bring this about, sometimes, sometimes bring this back to rap. Oh, uh, all right. <laughs> 500 Days of Wheezy. Oh, my God. That oh. album's so fucking good. Yeah, dude. The mashup album of <laughs> 500 Days of Summer and the works of Lil Wayne. Brilliant. I haven't heard this. Oh, my oh, God. Dude. I gotta go it's check it out. It's genuinely brilliant. It's All right. I'll, I'll, fucking no. amazing. I was like, I, I was like, there's I no take way. you absolutely at your word. I was like, there's no way this could work, and and it works beautifully, <laughs> beautifully. Like so, as I'm just out now, I can't even hear some of the like the actual original Wayne tracks without like in my mind hearing the 500 Days of Wheezy version. Yeah, there are some which are which are to me like the better, probably version. better than the originals. Yeah. Damn. Speaking All of right. mashups. Speaking of mashups, did you guys hear the uh, Call Me Maybe and uh, Head Like a Hole? Yes! Mashup? Call mm. Me a Hole. Is that not the most brilliant mm. mashup title? I I unironically love all of those tracks. Com- mm-hmm. All of them. All of them in their different permutations. Yeah, I love Call Me Maybe. I love that song. I, I, yeah. I, I don't give a fuck. It's a brilliant I, I, slice it, of bubblegum pop. It's, it's like, yeah, it's, it, it's incredibly clever. Like it's just really, really well done. Mm-hmm. Here's a good here's a good test for and what makes that song so good. Give the lyrics to someone who has not heard the song before and ask them to sing the melody for it. They will come up with the calming maybe melody. <laughs> it is a it's completely true. natural fit for the for the lyrics. It's like that Bobby McFerrin thing where he gets the like the whole audience to sing the pentatonic scale by jumping around. Have you seen that yeah. before? Yeah. No. It's Oh, it's this really awesome video um, where Bobby McFerrin is explaining that the pentatonic scale is the natural scale that we hear things in. Like, it's the most basic scale. And so, and he does, he illustrates this by saying, like, okay, I'm standing here, sing a pitch. And then he jumps to the right and has everyone in the audience say, okay, I'm going to go right, I'm going to hi- go higher. And he just moves around the stage like that. And it ends up being a pentatonic scale. Just by Fuck, the way, I have to check was, that out. Yeah, it's fucking incredible. It, it and because it's Bobby McFerrin. I mean, the dude's a fucking legend. He's amazing. Um, and yeah, so it, it's cool. And it's uh, what were we talking about? The Carly Rae Jepsen thing. Oh uh, yeah, like, Carly, actually, Ray, Carly, call me maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, and also, no, and the not and I and Nine Inch Nails. Who yes, I'm, yes, the mashup. I'm not. <laughs> I just never got into Nine Inch Nails, and I just don't understand. Like, I watched some live version of, uh, I think it's Cars, the one that's like, da 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 You know that one? Uh, no, no. Was that Nine Inch Nails? Yeah, that's Nine Inch Nails. Huh. I don't know a lot about Nine Inch Nails. So I watched this live video, someone sent it to me and was like, this is so good, and I was like, this is the most boring concert video recorded in front of 80,000 screaming people that I've ever seen in my entire life. You guys know my really weird story about meeting someone from Nine Inch Nails, right? <laughs> yes, no, tell. No, no. Well, uh, maybe I do, but I don't remember it. Okay, here goes. This is a good story. I'm almost I'm almost loath to uh, to blow this story now, but, you know. Hey, well, we're we're like, uh, <clears throat> well, yeah, we got like only 10 minutes left or so. so. Yeah, we, we don't have too long. This this will fit nicely. So, yeah, uh, this is when we, I lived in New York, in, 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 not New York, in Northeast Ohio. And <laughs> uh, we uh, we were selling our house because we were moving to Philadelphia. And we had a mirror in our house that was cracked. And so uh, we, you know, called to our mirror repairman service. And a dude came over. And uh, I'm just hanging out. You know, I, I was home alone. Uh, and I'm uh, like writing code on the couch or something. And he looks over and story. he's... Yeah, and uh, so he looks over and he sees the uh, 
uh, the harpsichord that my dad has. And he's like, oh, nice harpsichord. And I'm like, oh, wow. Because uh, like, most people are like, is that a tiny piano? Uh, <laughs> Which I'm, technically I'm, is. I'm a little offended at your accent there, Patrick, but continue. Sorry, man, I'm problematic. Uh, <laughs> I apologize. Uh, and, uh, and he's like, you know... Uh, I have a master's degree in harpsichord performance from Kent State. And I'm like, what? <laughs> the mirror repair guy. Yes. And he sits down. I'm like, my dad is pretty good at harpsichord. And this guy is just unfucking believably good at harpsichord. And like, he's playing. And I'm like, texting my mom, like, get home right now. You have to see this <laughs> because there's a mirror repairman busting out the most insane shit I've ever heard on a harpsichord. Right here. I think I'm on drugs. Uh, Did you really text your mom, I think I'm on drugs? No, no. Uh, but that was that was what's going through my mind. I'm like, is this real life? Uh, yeah. Or and, just fantasy? Yes. And so, like, he eventually, like, something. he's like, oh, it's been so long. I'm like, dude. He's like, well, you know, uh, rock and roll uh, kill, uh, killed my harpsichord career. I'm like, Really? He's like, yeah, do you, have you heard of a record called Pretty Hate Machine? And I'm like, what? I have, that, uh, I have that record, like, upstairs. And he's like, yeah, I played keyboards on the whole thing. Like, Trent is my buddy, you know? We go way back. And I'm like, no, ah, there's, there's a guy from Nine Inch Nails in my house. Doing <laughs> mirror repair. And so, like, we talked, and, like, he was in a band called Dink. And they were, like, pretty, like, you could look them up. Like, Dink, uh, they had a song called Green Mile, uh, which... Like, got some airplay, you know, they've got, like, a YouTube, like, you can find them on YouTube, and but, you know, they never got huge, and so I asked him, you know, eventually, because, like, because, like, my first thought is, like, why the fuck is the guy who played keyboards on Pretty Hate Machine repairing mirrors in my house? Like, this is, something is wrong here, something's rotten in the state of Denmark, and, uh, so eventually, like, I got up, I figured out how to phrase that delicately, because, <laughs> yeah. like, that shit's... You don't want to just say, like, why are what, you doing this? What went wrong in your life? <laughs> yeah. Who did you screw over, man? But no, th- this guy, his name was Sean. Uh, Sean was like, you know, uh, some people get very rich from playing rock and roll. Uh, but, you know, I didn't. And uh, I'm okay with that because I, I made a lot of good records. And, you know, I did okay. <coughs> uh, I got to live off my music for a few years. But now I, uh, now I do this. And it was, it was the coolest thing ever. Wow. It was just, yeah, like, that was one of the strangest things that ever happened to me. It's utterly bizarre. But yeah, I like, I, I, I'm, I'm slightly fond of Nine Inch Nails. Like, I like some of their stuff, but it's not that I, got... it's not that I dislike it. It's just that I don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, I don't. I feel like I'm missing something. It's not like I've like listened to it and I'm like, okay, I, I get why I don't like it. I'm just like. I feel like there's something about this that I don't, that's not, not I'm like, I'm, what? Oh. It's, it's, it's like how Patrick feels about, about Creedence Clearwater Revival. <laughs> no, no, you, you don't understand how I feel about Creedence Clearwater. Don't, don't presume to understand me, Bowden. <laughs> I saw you in the Google Hangout, like, preview <laughs> with this like fucking grin on your face <laughs> and i just knew i knew what you were gonna say i knew i was like oh here it comes here it comes <laughs> uh, <laughs> <fuck you. laughs> oh, 
We've all fucking lost it here on Postmodern. <laughs> Except me. I'm right in control of it. I haven't lost yeah. it at all. Patrick just took a you shot. You lost it, but just in a, in a different way. You just lost it to anger. I'm, I'm <laughs> stewing in a, in a pool of my own wrath right now. <laughs> uh. Uh, I think that basically does it for this show. Yeah, I think we're done here, man. Yeah. Uh. It was a good show. We talked a lot about I, rap. This is good. We yeah, should do this. I think, I think that's a great show. I think we did yeah, a really man. good job. All right, y'all. Peace out. Peace out, Bye. Seacrest. Who says that anyway? I don't even know. Uh, <laughs> possibly Ryan Seacrest. I was going to say it wouldn't be him because he, he wouldn't say his own name, but he might. He's, he's like a Pokemon. He's a Pokemon. <laughs> Seacrest, Seacrest. Horrible, awful, evil, disgusting, repugnant, and generally delinquent to the morals of youths across America.